On today's show, Jared Allen is going to miss some time for the Cleveland Cavaliers, what that means, how they might play without him, and a look at the team's backup center roster. Let's dive into today's show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerel. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work on production. Today's show is about Jared Allen, primarily, and stemming out from him. Jared Allen, according to the Cavs, has a bone bruise and an ankle. Uh, it is going to keep him out for at least two weeks. He'll be reevaluated, according to the team. In two weeks, uh, this is, according to GB Baker staff, something that didn't just happen. It is something that was there, and they decided now was a good time to let it heal before the season begins, and he maybe misses time. It actually matters. So again, he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Evan, I think the, the number one thing here is that he's going to miss the preseason. Basically, you look at the preseason mm-hmm. dates, unless he comes back earlier, he's out for the preseason. TBD on opening night. So what, what's your initial reaction to to Allen having this injury, missing some time here? I think it's unfortunate timing just because you are trying to implement new things on the offensive side of the ball if you're Cleveland, um, especially just with the motion-based offense. Allen did mention during media day and kind of offhand that like he could be more of a passer than the offense and finding open cutters on the perimeter guys. Uh, in terms of just that are open in terms of his passing or even like guys he's setting screens for to get those off ball cuts and off ball looks as well. And I think that's a tough thing. And I asked JB Bickerstaff uh, two things about this and for him, and I, I agree with him. I think the biggest concern is Allen is now on one foot for the next two weeks. You have to try and maintain a level of conditioning just to kind of maybe match what the cat, the Cavs need from the starting center position. And also just like what what flows within the offensive and defensive schemes and adaptations the Cavs are trying to implement heading into the season. So I think that's just something that I'm my biggest concern is just like how in shape will he be? Let's just say he assume he's fully healthy in two weeks time and he does play the season opener in Brooklyn. Um, one, how physically capable is he in that game? And then two, and I asked bigger staff about this, this is a long-term concern and it, because it's a bone bruise slash bone injury, there's no like immediate answer unless like you're doing constant MRIs, which is just a waste of time and money and resources because you need to let it heal. But um looking at just like what is Allen's availability on back-to-backs because Cleveland opens at home on a back-to-back at home. So I, I wonder how available Allen will be when he does play and how long will his recovery be and what his conditioning will be. What about you? Yeah, I, I think I think the, the first thought that went, that went into my head was best case for the Cavs is that you have to deal with this now. Mm-hmm. Right? You having to deal with this now is just much better than having to deal with this in, let's say, April or January or November. Are you losing something when Jared Allen is missing the preseason? Yes, I think especially if you know they're, they have a motion offense, things are going to look a little bit differently. This is time where even if they don't play a ton of minutes, 
they are going to need to build some things up, need to get some things acclimated, get some things tested out in real time, and and plus pr- the longest extended practice and scrimmage time you get all year. Mm. That that's a loss. But in a vet, like, would I rather if I'm the Cavs have to say, okay, we're gonna shut him down now, and then like hope it gets better in two weeks and see where we get, or maybe he misses three weeks and we play it very cautiously because it's the start of the year, and then he's healthy the rest of the year, I would do that 10 times out of 10. It This isn't an injury when you like hear bone bruise, like, yes, it's painful. He's going to miss time. You have to have MRIs. But like, this isn't a high ankle sprain where it's like, all right, six weeks in your mobility sampered. This isn't, you know, a fractured finger and all the other stuff Jared Allen dealt with last year. Like this compared to the other injuries you've seen Jared Allen get, like it's, it's a little more manageable, even though it is something that's going to keep him on the sidelines. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, it's going to keep him on the sidelines for the preseason, like you said. I think, and not I think, I know I agree with you. Like, it, in terms of timing, is it, a, is it suboptimal? Is it unfortunate? Yes. But if you're the Cavs, you're thanking yourselves that you're able to catch us early enough or that it was an issue early enough that you're able to take care of it during the preseason. And sure, you lose those practice opportunities and maybe just like the most, most in-depth practice opportunities you have available to you. But in terms of Allen, we talked about him quite a bit in the offseason in terms of just like where he stands in the offensive hierarchy like he is a low maintenance enough player that like he it's not going to be like a hard adaptation or change for the Cavs when trying to like implement him back within the offensive or the defensive flow because he has a pretty clear understanding of what his role is as a player but we'll see where he's at physically and to your point like a bone bruise is not a high ankle sprain it's not like a season ending injury or anything like that. Um, but it is a pain tolerance thing. Like even if he does feel hundred percent, like there's going to be some aches and pains after the fact, just because bone, bone bruises are tricky. Like if you re-aggravate it or if you rush yourself back too soon, or maybe something just flares up, like it can be tricky, but um, the, cause the thing that kind of gives me pause is this did, wasn't something that like happened in practice. Like Alan didn't, bump legs with somebody or something like that to like cause like a trigger bone bruise through just the force itself like this is something that as Bickers have said developed over time so either Allen's body was just taking a lot of hits and a lot of blows during camp or something we didn't know about but this is another injury like that we didn't really know about when it comes to Jared Allen like the more recent one other than this was last year it was either the calf or the knee that was just kind of something the cast the shut Allen down for, for for a bit with um it's just like Allen just gets these random like freak injuries sometimes and you have to wonder like okay uh when's the next shoe gonna drop like that that's that's what I'm segueing into is how concerning is his availability long term because does he keep getting freak accidents or injuries like this so I I don't, I, that's like, to, I, like, I don't know. We don't see his medical records. I'm not a doctor. That no. to me is hard to say. Like, I, I think things, sometimes stuff just happens and it's like, okay, like it is what it is. Like sometimes when you're a big man and you take brunts and you play lots of games, like you're of course just going to like get, get wrecked. Right. What I, what I, I guess the, to me, the concern would just be, is Jared Allen is like, how much does this affect what you're doing in the short term? How much does this affect kind of what you're building in the short term? I guys are just going to miss time. I think that's yeah. just the, the era we're in. It's like, 
okay, like if if he had like a Kawhi like injury or like like an mm-hmm. ACL like the Rubio situation is a point of comparison, I would be more worried. I think it just like when you're a big man and you play the way he does, where like even if Jared like you know we talked about his physicality in the playoffs a lot. Like, that is a guy historically that does try to block lots of shots and does, like, throw his body at stuff, like, kind of very willingly. So, I tend to just think that's a little bit freak. I think the the concern for me would just be, what are you building? What is it? How does this kind of impact things? And also, well, we're going to talk about this in relation to Evan Mobley. Like, how do mm-hmm. they adjust? And, and what is the plan? I think this is the team that we expect to maybe skew in certain moments, I think a little smaller in different ways is you're just based on the personnel that they have on the roster. But I also, (laughs) like you, a core part of this team, I think is built around Jared Allen at center. So there's just like a weird, like I'm not worried, but it's also like, okay, what is your, what does this tell us about how you're going to play? Otherwise is probably the lens. Um, And look, if he misses a month, (laughs) then it's like, okay, okay. Then, then it's a concern. Or if this, or if in two months he sprains an ankle and it's like, oh, okay, this is just, he's just never been healthy this whole time. Yeah. Then that's probably more of a problem to me. Or even if he's not healthy the whole time, it's just more so the case of he doesn't have the luxury of conditioning or two weeks of preseason to ramp up for full regular season play. But we can put a pin on it and keep this and monitor Jared Allen's availability. Things could change, of course, between now and when that two week window closes or maybe is extended. But I think a good way to segue into the next segment is how are the Cavs impacted in the short term? Because at least based on what J.B. Bickerstaff said, Damian Jones is now the starting center for the Cavs during preseason play next to Evan Mobley. And uh, I'm curious to see how the Cavs are impacted by him and playing Evan Mobley live. Yeah, Nick, coming up next, we're going to talk about what J.B. Bickerstaff said. We're going to talk about Mobley at the five, what that was last year and that look. But they may play big still, I think. they So we'll, we'll talk about that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time, which is the best and easiest way for you to buy last-minute tickets to all the games, the concerts, anything you want to see, you can go find that on Game Time. What is Game Time? Okay, the app, again, you can use to buy last-minute tickets to all the things you want to see. It's fast and easy, and it's a way to buy tickets to anything. You have last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals are easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, views from the seats in the venue from every seat, and you're getting the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, all of that stuff. Zone deal isn't particularly really cool. You pick the section, game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And remember, with game time, you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Can't beat that. So right now, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDINNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, LOCKEDINNBA, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, and that is guaranteed. All right, let's talk about Evan Mobley at the five last year. This is something they obviously turned to a lot. Overall, these lineups were very successful. Plus 8.2 points on average uh, over the course of the lineups. It was about 1,600 possessions of Evan Mobley at the five. Really good on offense. 117.4 offensive rating overall. Defensive rating was very good as well. 109.3. 
as you might expect, they struggled on the rebounding side of things, gave up a ton of offensive rebounds in those in those minutes without Jared Allen, and didn't defensive rebound uh, particularly well either. Like, just didn't offensive rebound particularly well either, excuse me. Evan, here's one other quirk. Without looking, can you name the player who is the most common four in Evan Mobley at the five lineups? Um, are we talking last season or over yeah, Mobley's season. entire career? No, last season. Golly. Um, There's a reason that I'm asking this. So think about like who is no longer around. Okay, that gives some context. Uh, Laurie Markkinen? Well, no, he's no, that, was la- that the overall. Sorry, I was thinking overall still. Um, oh my gosh, Jetty Osman, Lamar Stevens, Lamar oh, Stevens was even before, worse. Well, yeah, in I, terms of spacing, is, at least, yeah, I mean, worse is wrong. Weird word. Um, one seventy-eight, one hundred seventy-eight possessions was the most common lineup. It was Garland, Mitchell, Lavert, Stevens, Mobley. Second most common one: Garland, Mitchell, Okoro, Stevens, Mobley. Jetty Osmond was the four in the fourth most used lineup. Um, but none of these lineups, if you go and look at them, accumulated like 300 possessions. The most common one was 178 possessions. So while these lineups, I think, Evan, are, were effective, and I think they're part of the team's plan because you, you have Evan Mobley, he's going to play some five in this NBA. I don't think we exactly know the best version of that for this particular unit. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's a Garland Mo and Mobley is the ten poles, and then you're filling in. Is it Struz? Is it Okoro? Is it Niang? Is it Dean Wade? It's filling out the other pieces, and it's not so much dependent on having Mitchell and Garland and Mobley together. It's having Garland and Mobley together as the most common one, and you build off that pairing and fill in the other spots. Yeah, and I think that's it's an interesting way to look at it. Like, how far do you want to lean into the shooting? Like, it's Garland and Mobley as your ten poles. Mitchell is a presumptive candidate within that flow as well and then you get guys like Levert or Niang or Akoro or Jerome or even Dean Wade or even um Damian Jones at the Cavs like just want to go with a non-shooter or maybe like let Mobley uh get some time off defending just because you don't want to overwhelm him and overburden him at times but there's ways the Cavs can plug and play this but I agree with you like your tent poles our Garland and Mobley, I think um, Mitchell is a strong supporting piece just within like this lineup, of course. But if you're Cleveland, I think this is really an opportunity to explore like, okay, let's put four shooters next to Evan Mobley, whether that's a combination of like Garland, Mitchell, Levert, and uh, Niang, or you put in Jerome in for uh, Mitchell as well, because this is preseason, you have the luxury to experiment with this stuff. But this is at least this is the bit of the silver lining when it comes to not having Jared Allen is like you can fully not fully but get a better perspective of how well can Evan Mobley handle the rigors of the five spot and are there lineups that maybe we can exploit or explore or kind of accentuate and build upon last year with like the Donovan Mitchell spread pick and roll lineups um, with Mobley at the five as well so like that's the, the bit of the blessing with Allen being out is you can explore this a little bit but I am curious to see how Bakerstaff approaches this and like how much is shooting a priority next to Mobley. Then let's look at the other way you could play here. So JB Bakerstaff said our initial thought is to stay big, but I think you're going to see us a bunch of different lineups because of the versatility and personnel we have. Working on small lineups around Evan at the five, which we talked about and playing four smalls around him. You will see that. He said, he said he 
talk about Niang and Wade. They play perimeter-like smalls, but they're bigger in size. I would know as a caveat, those guys are not good rebounders, so there's still some rebounding concerns there. Oh, yeah. Evan, I would not be surprised if we're looking at preseason game one, if Damian Jones starts at center, and we're going to talk about him and just kind of evaluate the Cavs' backup center guys. It would not surprise me just for the sake of keeping the starting lineup in some continuity, just in case like you, 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 you want to have a certain way of playing. And not that Damian Jones is as good as Jordan Allen, because he's not. But what he can do is rim roll and protect the rim and be a big body next to Evan Mobley, and that's probably enough just to kind of hold you over here. Yeah, and I think... When it comes to Damian Jones, J.B. Bakersav more or less said the same, said something similar to what you said, where no, they're not the same player between Jones and Allen, but like you get some skill set similarities with Jones and Allen, where like it's a big man who provides you paint protection rebounding. And I think you're not going to get as nearly high of an offensive impact as you would Allen compared to Jones, just because of the on-court chemistry that Allen has with Garland and also Mitchell. And just like that has years behind it versus Jones and just joining the Cavs within the last few months um, for the off-court like player camps and then training camp itself. So I think it's something to like keep an eye on and like monitor as things evolve and keep growing. But you look at Jones, I, I I do wonder, does Tristan Thompson get some actual burn in the rotation as well, uh, if this is like a long-term issue with Allen? But you get some similarities, at least, and then more so on just like what you're leaning on. You're fully leaning on just your star trio of Garland, Mitchell, and Mobley, and then hoping Damian Jones can provide you stopgap minutes uh, when Mobley isn't playing the five. I think with the playing big, I'm curious to just see, you know, have, like I've watched some Damian Jones. I think we all kind of are vaguely aware of what he is. There's a clear statistical profile. I'm curious to see if there's, if, if they use him differently or, and, and how he fits in the offense as well. And maybe what that tells about Allen. I mean, I think his role on the offensive side of it is going to be pretty clear. Like it's going to be very stuck in one way. He's going to rim roll and he's going to try to dunk. And that's kind of what Jared Allen does to a lot of degree. But like, I'm curious to just see like what kind of they roll out with him versus Allen and, and what we kind of learn. I mean, I expect you kind of just have to get the reps, right? Like you kind of just have to get the the reps you need to get this team ready to go. And like with that, whether Allen's it or not, you have your four other starters. Mm-hmm. I kind of think you're just going to see them do stuff, even if Damian Jones is just kind of like doing Jared Allen cosplay. Yeah. And, how about we put another pin in this conversation because I do want to lead in with this question is because like you said, Damian Jones is doing Jared Allen cosplay or just a close enough impersonation of it. But like you have the other four guys, like do you have a concern with Allen missing the next two weeks of preseason or at least from Saturday, the next two weeks of preseason and then looking ahead to the regular season as well. But we can talk about that again uh, in the upcoming segment before we roll into uh, our final talking points. Yeah, well, I, let's just do this quickly because I think we talked about that in segment one, and I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Neither do I. And I think big. I, I agree with bigger staff, like with the conditioning aspect of it. Like, yeah, that's I think part. that I think that's going to be the biggest issue, or not the yeah issue. But other than that, I think 
the reason you go out and get Damian Jones compared to like an Ed Davis or even what Tristan Thompson is right now, like you at least have a semi-reliable enough option to give you minutes um, at the big spot. And you're not expecting him to play 30-ish minutes a night like Alan Mays most nights, but like he's able to provide you enough to uh, stymie the flow and just wait until Alan is fully ready to come back to the floor in f- full force. Yeah, I would not be super... I- Again, I think if this happens in January, it's a bigger deal than it happening now. All right, coming up next, so let's break down Damian Jones. Let's talk about, I'm going to give you a name that uh, is not Tristan Thompson and is not Damian Jones that I kind of want to see play with Evan Mobley in the preseason. I'll explain why and who that is. You can probably figure it out up next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical and the Jace Case. Jace Case is your way to get all of these these five life-saving antibiotics in on you for Mern to use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a call with a one of their board certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from their physicians at any on any treatment related questions. This is doctor created, doctor recommended. For they have a customer for instance that gave us this really interesting testimonial. Um, Frank said easy's one, two, three and just in time. He received his package the same day he got a sinus infection and his doctor was out of town. So he used medication from the Jace case and it saved him from having to have deal with the sinus infection with no appointments for dates. He says, thank goodness it arrived. You go online, you fill out a form, and then you get a prescription life-saving medications right to your door. It gives you peace of mind so you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in emergency. Make sure you have all the medications in hand. So get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. Again, promo code LOCKEDON, $20 off. All right, so we know what Damien Jones is. We know what Tristan Thompson is. Evan, I'm just saying for the preseason, let's get weird for a minute. I kind of want to just see some Isaiah Mobley playing like actual minutes and not with just the backups. Like, let me just see five minutes of Isaiah Mobley playing with his brother with like one other starter just so we can see what it looks like and and maybe get a better feel of of where he's at in his development right now. Yeah, I... I when he said it's a name that's kind of obvious, I figured it was Isaiah Mobley. Maybe Sharif Cooper actually was was what I originally thought. Let's just I, play Sharif Cooper at center. You know, maybe Amoni Bates if you or Monty Bates if you think like the shooting aspect is there and he's more NBA ready than what the trajectory and like kind of game plan for his development is. But yeah, Isaiah Mobley, I agree with you on just because this is a dude who's on his second two way deal with the Cavs. I, there's clearly some type of plan in place to bring him on as a role player or a player to fill that like Lamar Stevens, maybe even Dean Wade role in the rotation where like he can provide you high quality minutes backing up Mobley and Allen, whether it's at the four or the five, but he provides you maybe not the athleticism that his brother provides, but like the shooting and playmaking, things like that. And it would just be fun to see the uh, Broly tandem um, at the four and the five and just seeing what the Cavs have with it. And also, like you said, like it gives you a, I want to say better representation because it's preseason. So you can't like fully take a bunch of stock in it. Like there's a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. We don't know too, but it at least gives you a point of reference of where Mobley's development as for it is at from when the regular season ended for the Cavs or the postseason end for the Cavs last year and how the summer went for the Cavs in Vegas with Mobley leading that team. And what else do the Cavs need him to work on with Mike Garrity and the charge to, go from a two-way guy to a guy that has just like a standard NBA contract. 
he is someone that I also just think he gives you something different in a way that I I want to see it. Like he like so okay, Damian Jones. What does he do? He's big and he rolls to the rim and he's going to contest shots. He fouls at a higher rate than Jared Allen. We know exactly what his skill set is. Tristan Thompson. We know what he is. He's going to gobble up rebounds and try really hard and yell at people on the floor and set really good screens. We kind of know exactly what he's going to be and kind of where he's at in his career and what he is right now. When it comes to Isaiah Mobley, like that's the mystery box. I understand that's like a, this is just like a meme. Like I'm just being Peter Griffin saying like, yes, I could have a boat or at least like a, a average backup center staring at me in Damian Jones. But like, here's the mystery box. The mystery box could be roughly anything. Isaiah Mobley is going to give you a little more passing. I think there's a little more touch on the jumper than those other guys. That's a little more similar to Allen. Um, he's also not the biggest guy in the world. Like I don't, he's not going to have maybe the, the st- I want to see how he holds up physically against centers in this case. And I, you know, like we, we can learn stuff from the G league. He was really interesting in the G league, put up good numbers. I think he'll excel for the charge this year. There's no question in my mind. He, he might be the best player on the charge this year, but I want to see him, even if it's against like a backup center on the Atlanta Hawks, if he's playing against a Nyukuk, like, okay, the Hawks are a great example. Anyaka Kangu might be the best backup center in the NBA. I love him. He's obviously not the biggest bruising guy in the way that maybe give us that test, but that's a really good competent NBA player. Let me see how Isaiah Mobley stacks up against that guy while you have the chance just to, to see it for a little bit of time. Yeah, and this is just kind of also something that you and I have been advocates of for the longest time too with the Cavs utilizing the charge as like a player development tool and Again, this is, it's unfortunate that Jared Allen injury happened, um, but it does give you a silver lining and perspective on something pretty important in terms of like Evan Mobley being maybe the permanent answer to the five versus Allen, or maybe that's what he's better at as a five, or maybe what you have with Damian Jones, just because sure, he provides these similarities, but like you said, like he does not defend without fouling like Allen can and how big of a concern is that or do you even need to overtax him mobily or even just trickle all the way down to with the G League like what do you have with Isaiah Mobley does he provide you something a little bit more than maybe even what Damian Jones gives you so like come now I'm not saying like start of the regular season but like come trade deadline time you at least have that tent pole to reference what Mobley was you monitor his development maybe he leapfrogs Jones in the hierarchy, at least for the depth chart and rotation, and then Jones becomes a bit of a trade asset if the Cavs want to make a deadline type move. Let's end on this. Uh, the 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 best backup center. We're not going to do like a full backup center preview episode. This is going to be our backup center. We're going to clip this off, and it's a little thing. Here's our backup center preview. Who is the backup center at the end of the year who matters the most to this Cavs team? In terms of on court impact or off court impact. On court, okay. Say off court, I think it might be Tristan Thompson, but on we, court, we, we can't measure that. The Tristan thing is like we're just gonna have to take everyone's word for it. I believe, yeah, in it, but like I, I can't. I, 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 I'm chug, I'm chugging the maple syrup flavored poutine mixed uh, Kool Aid when it comes to Tristan Thompson being a veteran for this team and a leader for that in that aspect. So you, but you bought his very uh, running for city council media days thing. I mean, he has more authenticity than Justin Bibb does, but um, that's okay. neither here nor there. Well, okay, we didn't need to just throw shots, but continue. Either way, um, I think it'll be Damian Jones just because he's such a cheap contract, and I think he provides you at least a body that is 
more reliable than what Ed Davis or Robin Lopez gave you two guys that survived the deadline. Uh, and they're both the respective years of Cleveland and the Cavs still maybe don't have their permanent answer. If Isaiah Mobley isn't quite ready to be that backup five, but Jones at least gives you the runway to let Mobley develop. So he can hopefully become that for you uh, this time next year. So what's your answer? It's I mean, for this year, it's Damian Jones, just because I think we know exactly what he is. And again, uh, we have no idea really what Isaiah Mobley is, but I, I just kind of want to see it in the preseason. Like I, I like Damian Jones. I know what he is. I don't have a ton of interest in like learning if there's like a new layer for him to peel back. I think there is a layer to peel back with Isaiah Mobley. That mm-hmm. it's interesting. Just interesting. It is interesting. Um, speaking of Jones, before we head out, he did speak at Cavs practice on Saturday as they wrapped up like day five of training camp. Um, and he said. He hopes he can implement more of some of the stuff he did with Golden State in terms of just being like a DHO guy. Maybe like there is some offensive sameness of what the Cavs maybe hope Allen's able to do that uh, they can maybe replicate with Jones. Um, not to the level Allen does, but at least keep building this new offensive system that JB Bickerstaff is more or less hyping up to the media and anybody who's willing to listen. Yes. All right. Let's end there. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Damerill. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for his work on production. Back at you tomorrow. We're going to get you ready for preseason game number one and give you some storylines to look for at the preseason. Talk about it then.